What's good, everybody, and welcome back to Just Talking Sports Podcast. I'm your host, JT Noah, and on today's schedule, we're talking NFL news and my Week 8 Picks review. Then I'm going to give you my pick for tonight's World Series game. And then I'm going to give you a little heads up for what's coming in the future this week on my upcoming podcast. But let's dig right into the NFL news. The trade deadline ended today at 3 p.m., and there was only one trade the whole day. The Rams traded Aqib Tlaib to the Miami Dolphins. The Rams are receiving a 7th round pick in the future. And the Dolphins are getting Aqib Tlaib and a 2020 5th round pick. And I am so befuddled by this move. Not because of the move itself, but for my man Aqib Tlaib. This man is going from a, a Super Bowl team to a team that hasn't won a game all year. He was just in the Super Bowl a couple months ago, and now he's on a team that's 0-8. I'm so sorry for you, my friend. Even though I don't think you're going to play for him, I think you're going to get released, and then you're going to pick a team you want to go play for. And I think the two teams that should be in the discussion for you should be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm putting the Philadelphia Eagles way ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs. The Philadelphia Eagles need the secondary help the most. The Chiefs, yeah, they could use a corner. I think the Chiefs need linebackers, and I'm sticking to it. The Eagles, on the other hand, they need secondary help badly. They need anybody. So, I think they're going to put in a lot of money for you when they shouldn't, and they're going to overpay you, and you're going to be happy with that. But the Eagles are going to overpay you, while the Chiefs are going to try to give you a lower price. You may pick the Chiefs due to Andy Reid in that, but I do think in the end, you're going to become a Philadelphia Eagle after everything is said and done. If the Miami Dolphins do indeed let you go. Which they should because I don't think you're going to play for them even if they keep you. Other news today in the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons released their kicker, Matt Bryant. He was 9 of 14 on kicks this year and 14 of 15 on PATs. But he had two missed field goals Sunday. Patriots also released their kicker, Mike Nugent who was 5 of 8 on field goals and 15 on 16 on PATs, but he also missed two field goals Sunday. The Falcons signed Yohu Koo to replace Matt Bryant, and the Patriots signed Nick Folk to replace Mike Nugent. So both teams released their kickers, and both teams re-signed different kickers to replace the kickers they had released. So they knew what they were doing at the beginning of the day. Also in Patriots news... The Patriots put Josh Gordon on IR last week, late in the week. And with that, it's kind of curious because Josh Gordon believes he'll be back in two to four weeks. And if he does come back, then the Patriots all have to release him. So then that becomes question, who are the teams that could decidedly try to pick up Josh Gordon when he is released? Well, I've got two teams from the NFC and two teams from the AFC. Let's start in the NFC. My top team in the NFC that I think should try to pursue Josh Gordon if he does get released is the Seattle Seahawks. Think about the weapons Russell Wilson all have around him if Josh Gordon signs. They'll have Josh Gordon, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Two dudes that can go deep and one dude that can outmuscle anybody on the football field. <laughs> I think it would be a great move by the Seattle Seahawks to go pick up Josh Gordon. He's a nice, mediocre player. He's not as fast as Tyler Lockett is, but he's a better catcher than Tyler Lockett. But he's faster than DK Metcalf, but he's not as strong as DK Metcalf. So he's right between both of them, and he would just fit perfectly right in there for Pete Carroll's scheme. 
Another team in the NFC that I think could try to pursue him is the Dallas Cowboys. This could be the Amari Cooper pickup they had last year, except this year they don't have to trade anything away. The only thing they're losing is a little money to pay him. But Josh Gordon shouldn't be that expensive. If the Cowboys do pick him up, they'll have Amari Cooper, Josh Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, and Jason Wynn that can help Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott out in the long run. And I'm not saying he's uh, as good as Amari Cooper, which he's not. He would be the second wide receiver. But that would also mean you have two really good receivers on the outside. And then you have Jason Witten, who's really all reliable. He catches the ball, and he doesn't fumble the ball much. And then you also have Zeke Elliott, who's a running back, which is a beast, like usual. So I think it would be a really wise choice for the Dallas Cowboys to at least try to pursue Josh Gordon to see where his mind is. Now moving to the AFC, the two teams I think that could go for him, and this could shock some people, are the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm putting the Baltimore Ravens above the Buffalo Bills. Think about this. Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, Josh Gordon, oh, and Mark Ingram. That is crazy. Oh, and then you have the all-around, not all-around, but you have the speedster slash quarterback slash running back, whatever you call Lamar Jackson, as your quarterback. This man will have so many weapons to throw to. Mark, Ing- uh, Mark Andrews is one of the upcoming tight ends in the league. Marquise Brown has shown his potential. He's fast. He's really good at catching the football. He's a really good receiver. You also have Willie Sneed, who's been around the league for a while. He's still a pretty fast wide receiver. And Mark Ingram is a power running back. And then if you get Josh Gordon, he's also another wide receiver. But with the Baltimore Ravens, he would be their number one wide receiver. So with the Dallas Cowboys, he would be his two. But with Baltimore, he would be their one. Now, with Buffalo, he would be their one, two, three, and maybe possibly fourth wide receiver. <laughs> Let's be real. Because the Buffalo Bills don't have many wide receivers. They have Cole Beasley, and that's about it. Josh Allen would finally have someone he can throw the football to. And what I've heard is Josh Allen can throw the football really far. They said he can throw it as far or even farther than Patrick Mahomes, which I do not believe. But, I mean, if he can, then he can send Josh Gordon on a fly route and just throw the football as far as he can and let Josh Gordon get under it to catch the football. The Buffalo Bills are a wild-card contending team, but they don't have many playmakers on offense. They're a defensive team. And when, they're off, I mean, when their defense is off, it showed, like this it did on last Sunday when they lost to the Eagles, because their offense isn't going to play in many games when the score is above 26 points. So they need another wide receiver so Josh Allen can throw it to him. So if I had to rank these four teams on where, where I thought they ranked to get Josh Gordon, it would go Seattle, Baltimore, Cowboys, Bills. I think it would go like that. And I would, I would love to see him play as a Baltimore Raven, and I'm a Chiefs fan. It would just be really cool to see him play with Marquise Brown, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and Mark Andrews. I don't want it to happen, but it would be really cool as a sports fan to see happen. All right, let's move on to my Week 8 picks. I had the Vikings beating the Redskins, Bills beating the Eagles, 49ers beating Panthers, Packers beating Chiefs, and yes, I'm a Chiefs fan, and Steelers beating Dolphins. I'm just going to say it out right now. I went 4-1. I feel really good. I went 3-2 two, uh, two weeks ago, and now I went 4-1. If, if I'm reading my numbers right, I should be going 5-0 and oh next week. Woo-woo! But let's get into the games. The first game was a Thursday night game, 
And if you were not a fan of the Redskins or Vikings, you should have not watched this game. This game had seven field goals and one total touchdown. It was not a game to watch if you were not either team fan. The Vikings went 19-9. The Redskins are now 1-7, and, and the Vikings are 6-2. and two. Case Keenan was 12-16, of 16, 130 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, had one fumble loss, and he did get hurt. Uh, he did not play the second half at all, which Dwayne Haskins got to play. He finally got to play in a game where it really meant they weren't getting blown out. Uh, Dwayne Haskins went 3-5 of five for 33 yards and had one interception. Adrian Peterson, a homecoming to Minnesota, had 14 carries, 76 yards, and zero touchdowns. Terry McClowan had four receptions for 39 yards, and he was the leading receiver for the Redskins. Yikes. Kirk Cousins was 23 of 26, 285 yards, zero touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Delvin Cook had 23 carries, 98 yards, one touchdown, which was the only touchdown in the game. Then Stephon Diggs, who led the Vikings in receiving, had seven receptions, 143 yards, zero touchdowns, and one fumble loss. So like I said, if you were not a fan of the Vikings or the Redskins, you should not have watched this game. I didn't watch the game. I'm sorry. As a sports fan, I knew this game was not going to be good, so I did not watch the game. Moving on to my noon pick. I had the Bills winning this game, and they did not win. The Eagles went into Buffalo and won 31-13. The Eagles are now 4-4, four and, four, and the Bills are 5-2. and two. Carson Wentz went 17 of 24, 172 yards, one touchdown, and zero interceptions. Jordan Howard was 23, had 23 carries, 96 yards, one touchdown. Miles Sanders had a 65-yard touchdown run early in the second half, and Boston Scott had a rushing touchdown. He also had a fumble loss. Alshon Jeffrey had four receptions, 64 yards, and zero touchdowns. He led the team in receiving. Yikes. Dallas Goddard had a receiving touchdown. So as you can see, the Eagles decided to run the ball at the Bills, and it worked out in their favor. Josh Allen was 16 of 34, 169 yards, two touchdowns, had three fumbles, only lost one of them, had eight carries for 45 yards. Frank Gore, the old dude man, had nine carries, 34 yards. John Brown had five receptions, 54 yards. Cole Beasley... And Devin Singletary had two, had a touchdown apiece, which were the two touchdowns Josh Allen threw. And like I said earlier in the podcast, that's the reason I think the Bills should go after Josh Gordon. Moving on to the 49ers versus Panthers. I thought this game was going to be closer than it was. The 49ers blew out the Panthers. The 49ers won 51-13. The 49ers are 7-0 now, and the Panthers are 4-3. And this game really showed how much Christian McCaffrey means to the Carolina Panthers. Kyle Allen was 19 of 37, 158 yards, zero touchdowns, and he had a hat trick of interceptions. He had three of them. Christian McCaffrey had 14 carries, 170, 117 yards, one touchdown, had four receptions, 38 yards. Curtis Samuels had four receptions for 46 yards. So it shows... The 49ers' main goal was to stop Christian McCaffrey and make Kyle Allen beat him. And Kyle Allen did the opposite. He helped them beat the Panthers. <laughs> Moving on to the 49ers' stats, Jimmy Garoppolo, a.k.a. Jimmy G, 
went 18 of 22, 175 yards, two touchdowns, and had one interception, which went to Luke Keekley. Telvin Coleman had 11 carries, 105 yards, had a hat trick running for the touchdown, so he had three rushing touchdowns, had two receptions, 13 yards, and a touchdown receiving. So he had four total touchdowns on the day. So if you had him on fantasy, you are a happy camper. Raheem Mostert and Debo Samuel each had a rushing touchdown. So the 49ers had five rushing touchdowns. Wow. The 49ers ran the ball at the Panthers, and it worked. It worked all day long. George Kittle had six receptions, 86 yards. And that was their leading receiver. But when you're running the football like the 49ers did against the Panthers, you don't need someone to go off receiving the football. Emmanuel Sanders had four receptions for 25 yards and a touchdown catch. And I'm going to talk about a defensive player because this man needs to have some respect. He should be in the MVP talk. Yes, I should say it. I didn't say he was going to win it, but he should be in the MVP talk. Nick freaking Bosa had four tackles. Three of those tackles were sacks, and he also had an interception. Richard Sherman and Emmanuel Mosley each had an interception too, but Nick Bosa had the most Recept, uh, interception yards. So he he's leading the he led the team in interception yards. He led the team in sacks. I mean, this man is a do it all player for the defense. And oh yeah, he's a defensive end. Crazy. So Nick Bosa should be in the MVP talk. I'm not saying he should be up there with like Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, but he needs to be in there. He should be like around five or six if we're talking numbers for the MVP. Let's move on to the Sunday night football game where the Packers beat the Chiefs 31-24. The Packers moved to 7-1, and and the Chiefs moved to 5-3. and Aaron Rodgers went 23-33, of 305 yards, 3 touchdowns, and 0 interceptions. Aaron Jones had 13 carries, 67 yards, also had 7 receptions, 159 yards, and 2 touchdowns. And let me tell you something, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones each should have had a touchdown added to them, but Aaron Jones on a double move route on Hitchens, decided to get too close to the sideline when he had nowhere else to be. When he beat both the safety and the linebacker, all he had to do was run in. He got so close to the sideline, he accidentally stepped out at the 10-yard line, and then that turned into a Jamal Williams rushing touchdown. And Jamal Williams had seven carries for 22 yards in that rushing touchdown that ended up happening. He also had three receptions, 14 yards, and one touchdown. And oh my goodness, that touchdown he had was so beautiful. Aaron Rodgers is getting tackled as he throws the ball. It looks like he overthrows his attendant receiver, which is Jimmy Graham. But somewhere, out of nowhere, Jamal Williams comes out, gets his two feet inbounds, catches the football, and brings it in for a touchdown. And I'm like, bro, is Patrick Mahomes out there for the Green Bay Packers right now? Because that looks like a Patrick Mahomes play that I'm used to since I'm a Chiefs fan. But that was just a great play. I tip my cap to Aaron Rodgers. He made a couple throws that were just unbelievable. You just got to tip your hat to him. So Matt Moore was in for the injured Patrick Mahomes. And Matt Moore did 24 of 36, 267 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. He started out slow in the first quarter. But in the second quarter and on, he played tremendously. For a backup quarterback going toe-to-toe to Aaron Rodgers, I couldn't ask for more from Matt Moore. LaShawn McCoy, Shady McCoy, had nine carries, 40 yards, zero touchdowns, and one huge fumble loss. The Packers had gone down the field, got a field goal, tied the football game, and then on the very first play from offense after their field goal, 
Shady McCoy fumbled it, and the Packers recovered it, and they scored a touchdown and pretty much won the game because of that touchdown. After LaShawn McCoy fumbled, Damian Williams was the running back. He had seven carries for 30 yards and a rushing touchdown. Tyreek Hill had six receptions for 76 yards, was the leading receiver, but Travis Kelsey had four receptions for 63 yards and a one 29-yard touchdown reception. Miko Hardman had two receptions for 55 yards and a 30-yard touchdown pass. And let me tell you, Matt Moore had the easiest touchdown pass to Miko Hardman because all he did, it was a jet it was a jet pass. He threw it right in front of him like a little toss, caught it, got around to the outside, and outran everyone for a touchdown. With Travis Kelsey's, it was a double play action, and Travis Kelsey got wide open, and all uh, Matt Moore had to do was throw the ball before he got sacked, and he did, and Travis Kelsey looked up, found the football, caught it, and scored a touchdown. So all in all, it was a great game. It had more views than the Game 5 of the World Series did. So if that says something, the NFL is doing something right, right? <clears throat> Moving on to the Monday night game, which was not the case as the viewership was for the Chiefs-Packers game. The Dolphins lost 14-27 to to the Steelers, making the Dolphins 0-7 and the Steelers 3-4. and Ryan Fitzpatrick was 21-34, of 34, 190 yards, Two touchdown passes, two interceptions, also had five carries for 17 yards and one fumble loss. Mark Walton had 11 carries for 35 yards and one fumble loss. And Devontae Parker had six receptions for 59 yards. He led the team in receiving. Allen Hurts and Albert Wilson each had one catch for one touchdown. Wow, congratulations you two for one catch for one touchdown. Um, and then moving on to the Steelers' side, Mason Rudolph was 20 of 36, 250 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And let me tell you, Mason Rudolph started real slow this game. He threw an inexcusable interception where Xavier Howard jumped the route and uh, Mason Rudolph held the ball too long. He threw it where he shouldn't have. He probably should have either ran it or threw it away. Instead, he threw it to Mason, uh, not Mason, he threw it to Xavier Howard, which made him pay. James Conner had 23 carries, 145 yards, two touchdowns, uh, what, excuse me, that was one touchdown. He also had three receptions for five yards. Juju Smith-Schuster led the team in receiving with five receptions, 103 yards, and one touchdown. And Deontay Johnson had five receptions, 84 yards, and one touchdown as well. T.J. Watt and Steven Nelson each had a fumble recovery, and Mika Fitzpatrick had two interceptions against his former team. And I bet that felt so good for Mika to do against his former team. So all in all, I had a good week. I went 4-1, like I said. Next week, I'm hoping to go 5-0, and and we'll see what happens. But let's move on to the World Series. The World Series Game 6 is tonight. When I f- talked to you last time on Thursday, it was 2-0 uh, Washington, headed to Washington. Now it's 3-2 Houston. Houston swept Washington in Washington, and now it's Game 6 tonight. In the biggest news in the World Series since I talked to you Thursday was that Max Scherzer was scratched in Game 5 due to a neck injury. So now, it's Game 6 tonight, Houston up 3-2. to two. The projected starters are Steven Strasburg versus Justin Verlander, and Justin Verlander's 0-5 in World Series appearances. And I think it's going to be 0-6. <laughs> Let's be real. I think Steven Strasburg's going to go out there, pitch probably 8 innings, and Houston's going to lose. The Nationals are going to win 4-1. to one, And that brings us to Game 7. And earlier today... Scherzer was throwing the ball in the outfield and said he was good. So now he's the projected starter for Game 7 against Greenkey. So if there's a Game 7 tomorrow night, 
Max Scherzer will be going up against Zach Greinke, which then means probably Garrett Cole is going to be in the bullpen. And let me tell you something. That's going to be a good Game 7. I think Max Scherzer is going to win it because that man will be on Mad Max kind of level in Game 7. So, if that does happen, if the Houston Astros do not win tonight, I do believe the Nationals will win the World Series. And I had Houston winning it. So, Houston, you better go out there and win it tonight. Please, even though I don't think you will, but I need you to because I predicted you to win the World Series. So, please go out there and prove me wrong and win the World Series. You would prove me wrong tonight. You wouldn't prove me wrong about my World Series prediction. Well, that's the show, but I got one other thing for you guys. This week, my next podcast, I'm having a special guest. A good friend of mine, Seth Wansing, will be on the show. We had a podcast back in high school called The Timeout. We did all we did mostly sports like I do here, but we talked more NFL and college football. We didn't talk much baseball. Um, we're gonna be talking <clears throat> NFL, high school, and college football. He is a big Louisiana fan, so we'll be talking LSU football, and we'll be talking New Orleans football. And then we're also going to be talking about our high school Ray Pack football and preview the game they have Friday night. So you better tune in on Thursday because I'll have a special guest for the first time ever on my podcast, and it's going to be a great show. I hope you tune in, but until then, peace.